Welcome to Mama's Baked. We're Laura and Bridget, and we're your favorite cannabis advocates. We've been there, done that, and everybody asks us about it, so we decided to start Mama's Baked, and here we are talking about everything cannabis. The latest news, lifestyle, and wellness information with lots of fun baked in. Every Thursday, join us as we break down what's happening now and how you can infuse cannabis into your life, too. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, share us with your friends, and get our free tincture making course at potofwellness.com. Welcome to Mama's Baked, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. So, we're a few weeks in now, and... uh, trucking right along with this little podcast here we hope that everybody who has been listening in is enjoying it so far and we appreciate all the feedback we're getting from everyone so keep hopefully, listening hopefully we're getting a little better as we go right plan. hopefully plan <laughs> So this week, our main topic is kind of parenting and cannabis. And I know we were talking earlier a little bit about it and all the different topics. What does that even mean? What are we going to talk about? So we have a lot of different kind of angles we're going to approach it from later on today. But we thought we might start with a little dive into our current events right now. Uh, after we, you know, check in for the week. So, Miss Laura Mastro Pietro, tell us a little how has your week been? I have had a great week. I have been staying busy. I had a friend in the industry come up to Sedona to celebrate his birthday. Um, nice. A friend in the CBD industry, owner of Hempful Farms. If you're ever looking for good quality CBD, great oh, place okay. to check out yes. but he came up with his um, team his staff team and partners in business and had a nice dinner at the restaurant on Friday night and then mostly I have been just you know doing my usual bacon and nesting and that sort of thing the family family stuff Right, right. Yeah, I've been working, working over here. Did a little quick trip to Los Angeles. Had to have some beach time this weekend myself. So nice. I'm, uh, a little bit uh, spent. Let's just say it like that. I'm spent. It was me and um my three year old. We traveled all the way over there. So boy, cannabis and parenting. That yeah, is a topic <laughs> that was real this weekend. Oh yeah, you lived it firsthand. See, I'm a, yeah. I am now an empty nester. Right. You have an adult child, our youngest, who is 25, who does still come and stay with us when she comes up to help out at the restaurant. It's always hard to find um, enough staff, so she's always willing to come up and work on a weekend. So she stays here, but definitely, definitely past those era of young children underfoot. Yeah. And not nostalgically so. Right. <laughs> I'm, exactly. Exactly. I'm okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, so let's dive in. There was a little bit of a current events type of stuff that kind of ties Great. into our um, uh, 
conversation today. You know, exciting progress for our country. Illinois uh, this week is, you know, they're pretty known for having a very restrictive uh, medical marijuana program in Illinois. It doesn't even include the ability to smoke at all. Can't have any flour to smoke. You can only use oils, uh, edibles, etc. Uh, but this last week, two important things are kind of moving through the legal system there. Uh, the one I want to talk about is that the House voted to allow medical marijuana in schools. That meaning, uh, you know, children who are needing to be treated with medical marijuana or who are being successfully treated with medical marijuana for a variety of conditions that, you know, we might talk about some of what's happening in a little while. But right now, parents are having to go, and this is true still right now, uh, I, I have a friend who has a child who uses medical marijuana um, for whatever conditions, but specifically, I believe, epilepsy and to um, alleviate seizures. So she has to go pick her up from school every day in the middle of the day or however frequently throughout the day and take her off campus across the street, you know, down the road, what have you to give her her medicine and then go bring her back into school. It's, it's crazy. Like how many hours of the day is this child missing of school? I mean, you know, whatever. I, I may not even care about school much, but the point is and it's a, a shame that, you know, she has to miss school just to be able to be properly treated and medicated. Uh, well, so in Illinois, the House is, uh, has passed a, a law, a bill to um, to stop that over there, although now it has to still go through Senate. So, you know, we'll see how it yeah. goes. How many other students are receiving could be a liquid. It's not like you're asking to allow a student to smoke a joint. Let's no. be clear. The majority of the students that require this kind of medication are getting it most often in a syringe, in like right. under the tongue or oil form, right? Or some people, it's easier to give them like a, a, a specifically dosed, bite-sized something to eat, like a. I don't want to say a gummy bear because then everybody gets all freaked out that you're giving kids candy. But some people need, just like you have to put some medicine with, you know, spoonful of sugar, as they say. So sometimes, yeah, it's just, you know, the teacher needs to give them here, give this this one chewable, let's call it a chewable tablet. Or, you know, here's a syringe preloaded with the afternoon dosage that they have to take at noon. And if a nurse is authorized to give other prescription medications you know it would be easy enough to to be able to dose a student in the exact same way every other student that requires pharmaceuticals exactly and then you know it's like people have so many objections to these things but it's like this nurse or these personnel in school districts are trusted with many very strong very expensive very powerful pharmaceuticals and drugs there is literally zero reason why this should be any different except for you know these crazy laws that have remained in place for too long agreed Uh, you know they've got the systems in place they've got the training in place (laughs) all the things in place to be able to handle uh even much more serious you know drugs than than cannabis so 
things that could actually kill drugs that could actually kill yeah yeah exactly like instantly exactly uh it, it feels like a really positive move too for illinois because the other part of uh what they did this week is the senate actually so the other group they um passed a measure to allow medical cannabis as a treatment for opioid addiction and not only did they pass that measure but they passed it 44 to 6 which means they are relatively convinced that medical cannabis is a potential and or viable treatment for opioid addiction, which we're seeing a lot more information about that out and about. I've heard a lot, been studying a lot. I know people get real stressed out when you start talking about these conversations, but, um, you know, with the Senate let's being talk that, about success rates. Yeah, yeah let's, let's talk, talk about, about success rates. Exactly. So success rates of rehab with cannabis, is it's higher than this but let's say 60 percent above which it's actually higher than that but i'm gonna i'm gonna really lowball it just for the haters out there the success rate of rehab traditional rehab is i think three to five percent right so we'll go on the high side of the number and let's just even say it was ten percent which it's nowhere near success rate right so you're going to to take an opportunity to lose out on 50% success rates because bottom line, people have pain and half the time a person gets clean, they have surgery, they have dental work, they have something where they're required some pain relief and they try and suck it up because they think that that's what you know they've been taught to do because they've made a mistake in their past or have this issue in their history. And then they eventually cannot tolerate the pain, have to take the narcotics, don't have a system in place. And they overdo and, it. And and then they're stuck back in that same loop. Right so, there. Not to, not to mention the hopeful characteristics that I feel like the cannabis plant that people don't talk about enough is where the ability to have a little hope. Um, For sure is underestimated which is great in in opioid treatment so yeah i'd love i you know i think that's an amazing outcome i know that here in arizona um the school thing we've got a little ways to go the um people on probation in arizona and parole i believe both are allowed to have a medical marijuana card yes it sounded like from that article that they were actually making addiction possibly a qualifying condition so that if you went to get your prescription you could say hey i'm addicted to opioids i want to use this to as part of my rehab and that would be a qualifying condition to get your card it sounds like that might be what they're talking about but i haven't been able to get all the details there's kind of a lot going on in illinois right now honestly um Mm -hmm. and uh like like for example they actually the condition of intractable pain um, as a qualifying condition. And so that's currently like being appealed and going back and forth over there as well. So yeah, it. Um, I would think that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, and that's the number one qualifying. Speaking, though, seeing that the Senate is so uh, in favor of it in that model, I feel is promising for the, you know, the, the chances that the, the medical marijuana for, for kids in schools bill will pass through there too 
And it's a fairly new, it's one of the newer states to legalize, if I recall. And it has a Republican governor who is on board. So that's that's pretty interesting. And, um, you know, we'll see how it all goes. It'll be very interesting to watch what happens in Illinois with regard to that. Yeah. And hopefully they can help uh, light the way for other school districts to look at the, the topic more seriously. For sure. So on that note, um, we have, like I said before, we have two, a couple of fun things we're going to talk about today, parenting and cannabis, which we're going to get to in the form of a ask mama question that came to us recently. And um, also Laura mama is about to share with us a little baking secret because of course she is a chef first and foremost. Um, and a cannabis chef as well, but she makes great baked goods at a restaurant in Sedona. And so she's going to share a little uh, treat with us on that. But for now, we're going to take a quick little commercial break. Unless you have anything more to add right now, Laura. Nope, I'm ready. All right, quick commercial break. We'll be back in a second. So I have your baking tip for the day today's, All baking, right. today's baking tip is going to be uh seemingly very simple follow the damn directions when you're baking there's a reason they want you to do things the way they tell you to do them you aren't smarter than the person that made up the recipe <laughs> i thought i was look you're, you're, you know, you get done to the recipe and you're like, yeah, it was all right, but the cookies were flat. Like, yeah, because you didn't follow the damn directions. So that's my baking tip for today. If it says cream the sugar and butter together for three minutes, cream the butter and damn sugar together for three minutes. Tell right. your watch, tell your phone, tell Siri, tell Alexa, tell whoever stalker robot you got in your house to set a damn timer for three minutes and walk away. Don't stand there and think 35 seconds is three minutes. If it says so add one egg at a time, add one damn egg at a time. <laughs> so if it says add one teaspoon of salt, don't just like put the salt shaker over the bowl and shake the About the damn direction. That's my baking tip. I'm seriously uh, uh, amazed when I get a question about somebody that makes something and they're like, well, yeah, I just, I put everything in the bowl and turned the mixer on and scooped it up. And I'm like, no, <laughs> follow the damn directions. Nice. From mama's bake. Yes. That's, that's today's, today's, today's helpful bit. baking tip. I like follow it. The, follow the Are you going to uh, put out a cannabis cookbook someday? Oh, well, that'd be fun get somebody to print it up yeah little four course uh infused meals oh we'd have to see let us know what you'd like to see us cook right we could start a poll that sounds like a good idea that'd be fun cool all right that's your baking chip for today follow the damn directions we'll see you all next week Welcome back, everybody. 
All right, so let's jump right into our Ask Mama question. Are we ready? I am ready. I got my coffee. I got my Dutchie. Nice. You know what? That's what I need to do. While I am getting this question out there for us, I am going to load up. What are you going to load up of? Oh, man. I'm going to light up. Yeah, that sounds nice. I don't have any Dutchies right now. That would be easier. Um, But let's see. I have a little bit of Durban poison here. You know, my favorite. There you go. It's a delicious one. I have a Chemdog Dutchie today. Oh, nice. I actually have Chemdog is my other choice today. But sometimes, I don't know. I like Durban poison. It doesn't really. I'm really tired right now already. I don't need any amount of additional uh relaxation yeah any additional additional rest and relaxation i need to just make it through the day so i can go pick up my daughter from preschool at three i had this one uh boss in the cannabis industry and he knew i liked indicas and he'd often bring gifts because he was kind of a jerk the rest of the time so he was one of those people that was a jerk and would always bring a lot of gifts to make up for it afterwards. Right. Like the guy who brings flowers home. This guy just brought yeah. and the guy back for us. For people. So he used to always give me crap about liking Indica. And he's like, I don't understand. How could you like Indica? And I said, I don't know. It's just, I just do. It's just, it hits me better. It doesn't make me personally. It doesn't make me sleepy. It can if I want it to, but it doesn't as a rule. So finally, one day he comes in and he's like, I smoked indica last night and I thought of you. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> and and he goes, I finally get it. I finally get it. You like indicas because when you smoke indicas, you feel stoned. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> still wrong. No. It does work for me. So, yeah, right. it's always, you know, the strain thing. It just, you know, it works or it doesn't work and you get your favorites and but yeah, yeah. I, it helps me focus. It helps me keep in my present moment and finish my task, which has never been my strong suit. Finishing my tasks is not. Uh, yeah, yeah, we talked about that even a little bit more uh, in our last episode about spirituality and cannabis, about, uh, you know, whether it plays a part in our spiritual walk or practice or not. It definitely has the effect of helping one to stay present in the moment, which I think is in and of itself a spiritual practice. So correct. <clears throat> and it helps you get shit done. For sure. For sure. That's for me, me. You know, yeah. Back in the days when you didn't know what you were buying and you're, you ask people, is this clean my house stuff or is this nap <laughs> stuff? <laughs> right. Cause you need to get it done. So our Ask Mama question this week, yes, Um, our Ask Mama question, Um, I get this question actually a lot in a lot of different forms and formats, but um, this question is really from a new cannabis uh, patient who um, is just beginning to bring it into her routine and her wellness plan, and she really wanted to know, like, what do I do with regard to my kids and allowing i only have one kid my child (laughs) and whether or not you know uh 
I smoke in front of my children, child, hide it all the time, stay out of the way, you know, etc. cetera. Um, people don't always know how to deal with this stuff. They don't know how to talk to their kids when they have teenagers and they start, or if they've been smoking cannabis previously and, um, and then their child becomes a teenager and now suddenly kind of figures out what's going on or what have you, like, how do they talk about it? So, uh, I've seen a lot of different classes and different things going on right now to provide resources on this, but we just kind of want to talk about our experiences, which are different for different reasons, uh, right. but that are, that kind of illustrate the underlying point, which is, and always will be like, as a parent, <coughs> you ultimately have to make what the best decision is for your family and for your scenario and circumstance and situation. Right. And, all we can ever really do is kind of share our stories with regard to these things and our experiences. And, uh, you know, hopefully more information will help you make a, the best decision for your family. But there is no real right or wrong decision when it comes to this, with the exception of, you know, abusive practices related to your children. Yeah, <clears throat> of course. If cannabis yeah. were ever to play a part in that, that would be horrible, terrible, you know, stuff. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about now. And um, so with that preface, Laura, tell us yeah, a little yeah. bit about your response to these kind of questions and, and what your viewpoint is on, on kids and cannabis. So I think, I think the, uh, it's a great question. And it's one that I actually still struggle with. And it's an evolving topic. It's not something like you said, has a, has a straight answer. And then, you know, as I used cannabis throughout my life, it was never legal while my children, I believe while my children were underage, it might've become legal as they were in their last few years of high school. Um, uh -huh. But I didn't have the opportunity. <laughs> so I have, my husband and I share a lovely family of seven children. Two were grown when I, my husband and I married. And then th five of our daughters were all relatively of the same age. The youngest now being 25 and the oldest, I think, is 32. So that range, they were all kind of five girls in that age together. Wow. So that's a lot. That was, yeah. They, uh, the three girls lived with their mom and, you know, we visited. And anyway, the, my two daughters lived with us full time. So I actually kept smoking cigarettes probably a lot longer than I would have because that was my secret time to smoke pot. I'd go outside and smoke <laughs> a cigarette. Well, there goes the Durban poison. Got and that Durban. I, uh, I would smoke a cigarette and take a couple puffs while I was outside smoking a cigarette. And the smoke was my excuse for having the pot smoke. And I had already had always smoked, but I just didn't quit sooner because every time I even thought about it, I was like, well, how am I going to explain being outside smoking something else? You know, that was right. like a whole different conversation. So you basically smoked cigarettes primarily as a cover and or means to really to actually just to smoke weed or I postponed to, to smoke quitting. cannabis. Yes, I, I postponed quitting. Mm -hmm. So, that so I interesting. Have a, I wonder. I wonder if you math. would have ever smoked cigarettes i mean because the same was true for me i i share that story with you you know ah well there may be others as well 
That was my secret scent masker until my daughter, at the age of 16, my my oldest daughter, had gone to a party, a high school party that I'm pretty sure I hadn't allowed her to go to with a, a male friend who was not interested in women. Okay. The two of them had gone to a party together. And she's like, oh, this smells like my mom. And he, he said, girl, that's marijuana. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, that's, oh, my God. She said she had this flood because she told me about it afterwards. As uh, he said it, she had this flood of the memories of all the different places she had smelt that scent and never knew that it was the scent of cannabis because she had n- huh. never been taught that that was a bad smell. Right. You know, so she wasn't culturalized to believe, oh, I smell that, therefore there's something negative going on. She wasn't right. her cultural upbringing. Although it would be interesting to hear what her uh, feeling was in that moment of realizing that that was what, was what it was. You know, I wonder what she type laughed. of thought. She thought it was hysterical. Oh yeah, she, uh, yeah. She she. I, it all made sense all of a sudden. Talent. Yeah, there was a lot of click clicks. <laughs> <laughs> the gear shifts all came into alignment, and then of course, big sister's gonna narc mom out to little sister. So I knew that was the inevitable next step. Um, but again, I've always tried to live as a very positive role model to my daughters. Whether I was using cannabis or not, I was not intoxicated. So they didn't have a representation of that scent and a negative because I didn't partake and then act weird or partake and, you know, nod off or whatever the negative stereotypes you think of a cannabis user weren't their experience. It wasn't what they experienced with me. I went outside and smoked a cigarette and I wasn't so cranky. Right. (laughs) They didn't know it wasn't a cigarette, but... So and of course, why- cigarettes a terrible thing too. But at the right. time, also, we have to remember this is, you know, the, a time where cigarette smoking was starting to become uncool. But I like I grew up. I smoked in airplanes. I smoked in a hospital once when I had surgery. I had a right. smoking room in the hospital. Right, right. So we got to recall too. It's a different. I'm a little old. Different times. Different times for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that was how my kids basically found out. Sarah didn't I Sarah didn't talk to me about it. I don't know what what age. I'm sure it was pretty close after Kelly found out that she <laughs> to her sister for some sort of leverage against me. So you could, they never right, won, right. but I could hear them secretly plotting. But anyways, then um pretty soon, you know, when they were those ages, I was in the industry. Right. So at that point, and then I'll I'll share another little funny anecdote about kids and cannabis. My oldest daughter joined me in the cannabis. Um, She she actually, I was volunteering and she got a paid position. A position became open and I, you know, suggested her for it. She got the job and then I became a paid employee a few months after that. And so we ended up working together in an office for six months <laughs> at a cannabis uh-huh. co-op. So I've obviously had a conversation right. with my child because we advocate right, right. together. My, my 
my daughter also has muscular dystrophy and uses cannabis for pain relief. Uh, it's very uncomfortable, um, to say the least. So it was also easy for her to advocate as it is for me because it helped us both. You uh, kind of popped out there for a second. So just to reiterate what you said, you said that she has multiple sclerosis and she uses cannabis. I'm sorry, muscular dystrophy. She has, right, Right. muscular dystrophy and uses cannabis for pain. Yeah, that was the part that you you sketched out for for a second there. So Sarah... Um, the youngest went to college and she used to call us from, from, she was up at NAU and she would call us and say, well, I haven't decided if I'm going to be a district attorney and prosecute you and Kelly or be a cop and arrest Kelly. I'm like, you know, did it cross your mind to become a defense attorney to protect Kelly and I? She's like, yeah, no. No. Yeah, no. no. That wasn't even in the plan at all. <laughs> so that was. So that maybe was she my, has some uh, underlying resentment about kids. the fact that you didn't, you kept it a secret for so long. <laughs> yeah, it must be. Yeah. She's fun. Yeah, She's yeah. She's fun now. She, yeah. Yeah. It was funny. She used to always joke about it because she's, she's a criminal justice major and she still is. She's finishing up her degree. She's got a couple more uh-huh. classes. And then maybe on to law school. So yeah. We'll see. We'll see where the world takes her. But yeah, the, so that's, you know, that was that was my experience with kids. But, you know, you have a whole different side of the story because you are a young well, mom. I'm an old mom of a young child. That's <laughs> what I okay. am. Okay. Which makes my story even more that's unique in some it. ways, right? Because, like, when I was young, uh, when all my friends were having children, right? I was just single and carefree and could do whatever I want and engage in cannabis how I want. So my only perspective on kids and cannabis then was like, okay, so do we or do we not consume cannabis like around your children? You know, when I was with different friends that I knew uh, did. Um, And some did, some didn't, had various reasoning or various like I've heard all the different reasons behind why they did or did not uh, consume in front of their children. <clears throat> and I would just, you know, follow suit, do my best to follow suit. So then I actually, you know, grew up, got married, got pregnant. And uh, once I got pregnant, you know, so then we start with the very first parenting and cannabis conversation that a parent must have, right, as a mom being pregnant is like, okay, do I actually continue to consume cannabis during pregnancy? Now, like, it's obviously against the law, I imagine completely, right? I mean, I don't even know what the laws are exactly pertains to that or what's written, but generally speaking, I'm a child advocate and child with drugs in their system is considered an abuse situation. And for a child to be inside my system, for me to put anything in my system that I'm not conscious of her system would be ridiculous. So of course it's going to go into her system. So my choice was, yeah, just quit. No problem during pregnancy. Now I was not afflicted with any kind of serious morning sickness issues or other medical issues um, that would cause a lot of really great stress, you know, whether physical or even emotional for the baby and or mom. So 
I've had a lot of people address me though with those kind of questions. Like I, there's a name for that. I know we talked about it. I forget it again. Uh, it's got Mises in it. I yes. It something. Uh, so she'll look it up really quick. Yeah. Hyperemesis. Or- yeah. Hyperemesis. I think you're probably right. So the point is, this is when a mom really has such horrible nausea. I mean, we're talking, they're just, from some of the women I've known who have dealt with this, it's just all day long, all pregnancy, a struggle to put on or keep on any weight. uh, And they're just throwing up and nauseous the whole time. It's terrible, horrible, horrible stress for the baby. And they're like, you know, the only thing... Hyper, hyperemesis gravid dog. There you go. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it. It's a real thing, and it really affects real women very seriously and puts their bodies into a really terrible state of shock. And I've also known women who did tell their doctor or have this, you know, situation and in confidence talking to their doctor saying, hey, I've used this in the past to deal with the, you know, nausea, nausea. And the doctor's basically saying, like, you know, don't tell me anymore, but if it's working, let it work because that's much better than the alternative untreated, uh, you know, nausea. Of course, they can never say that on the record. There's no, there's no studies anywhere. There's no good, you know, science uh, either, you know, either way really right now because of the illegality right. and the, the, the difficulty in really getting good, good studies going. Uh, although they are doing stuff on this, but it really comes down to me, I think, to a personal decision. Uh, and you have to really look into what your resources are. I've, I've heard several parents in Arizona now because we've been having this conversation back and forth in a lot of the groups I'm in. And I've had moms and service providers who have reported that they, I heard one mom who said she needed it, used it, Basically went through a birthing center, talked to the doctors up front about it the whole time, kept everybody fully in the way through and was able to go through the whole system. And unfortunately, I believe the state did intervene in the situation, but because of the way she had set it up from the beginning, the way that they intervened was in some way they basically did like a two week three week three month six month follow-up with her i don't know exactly how much it was but they didn't take the child away from her but they did follow up with her and were all in her business for some period of time uh you know before during after that sounds like a nightmare to me which is the the worst and if you have any extra vulnerabilities in the system then you know i mean she probably comes from a really rich family or something truth be told that's probably who what her story is uh because i would never recommend that to somebody who had any vulnerabilities like a person of color etc because one wrong step and somebody could i don't know it just feels so possible for them to do so much like to the extent i mean especially when you know some of the people that you and i know people with developmental disabilities for example i have a girlfriend i call her a girlfriend she lived in one of the group homes for a short period of time she's very high functioning she lives independently right now she had a child um and at the time she was still you know quote unquote uh being served by the state uh you know through the Division of Developmental Disabilities. She was getting housing, but she got pregnant, had a baby. They took the baby from her at the hospital 
simply because her IQ was low and she didn't have any other people. She had been left for on her own. The state left her on her own too, basically uh, in all essence. And they took her baby from her here. She is 10 years later. She's never been able to see her son for all these years. It's, I mean, it's a horrible situation, you know? And it's just, you know, I, you know, I've been asked, I've been asked tons of times and, you know, people in desperate situations and, um, it definitely is a personal decision. There's definitely enough on the internet for people to make that decision. It's kind of where I have to guide them. And but that all being said, you know, be just because of the risk. And it's not because I don't want to tell them, you know, I could tell you right now, if it were me and I were pregnant and I was unable to sustain myself due to the hypomesis. Yep and puking all the time that I personally would do it for three months and, and stop when it stopped. And usually that clears up uh, very often in the first trimester and hope that it cleared up, you know, so I had six months until the baby was born. I think the damage of lack of nutrients would be more significant oh, sure. based on my research of crossover. Absolutely. And, and the damage so and the me. side effect risks of the treatments that they're giving, which are often not working for people, which is the real problem too. The side of well, and I am also in my research and my opinion, which is not medical. Uh, I've taken them. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm a nausea yeah. patient. I'm a, I'm a nausea patient. I was given, I forget the names of them, but I've taken two that were the nausea pills they give for this condition. And then I was eventually given Marinol, right. the synthetic for it. So these moms, you know, are taught to believe they're not making the healthiest decision. The pills are the right. healthier decision. But to keep CPS out of right. my life, you know. That's man, the thing. I'd put I'm totally thing. with you. I, I feel like cannabis lot. is the more natural, better option all the way around, except that. <laughs> And it's just a gigantic mm -hmm. except that. Right. And that's usually what I counsel moms. I'm like, you know, here's here's my experience. Here's, you know, there's Google. Right. <laughs> and you can read, do your own cost-benefit analysis on that. And, you know, you're going to have to make your own decisions. I personally will never give anyone a yay-nay advice, you know, Right. Thumb up, thumb down. It was interesting one. that no in one conversation, uh, one of the people that contributed s said that she was someone who represented, um, you know, an agency, a state agency that would walk with parents through this kind of a situation and that they had a protocol in place for marijuana specifically and that it was a, a lesser type of uh, a thing and that they all that they actually had a protocol whereby they do home visits and if they didn't find any additional um markers or indicators of any sort of abusive or neglectful behavior that basically it was you know a couple weeks of checks and then they would uh generally let it go but still i, I don't trust even the protocols and policies of state agencies personally <laughs> I worked, yeah, I worked exactly. in one. And you don't either, um, do you? And, and no, <laughs> Those I Those can change no, every day. Especially when, it, especially when it comes to my kids and you get a different right. worker. 
Yeah, you know, or a different director that's where it comes who writes trouble. new policies all of a sudden, right. or whatever, what have you. Or interpret. Yeah. So many. Yeah, that one Bible guy who, who interpreted every rule through biblical Yeah, verse right. And, and yeah. if you can't afford a lawyer care. to fight them, you know what I'm saying? You got to think, like, can really you beat the lawyers? Can you afford to, to pay enough lawyers to beat state level, the, the kind of lawyers they can afford? Right, like, because they got attorney. Yeah, exactly. So if you can't, then you really need to, you know, take that into consideration <laughs> when you talk about who you're going to let in on this process or whatever. Uh, yeah. So that's the risks on that. So then, that, you know, just in general. Well, yeah. So that meant that I actually through breastfeeding, same thing. You know, uh, do you do you consume or not? I chose not to consume through my breastfeeding. Uh, but then like at some point, maybe eight, eight, nine months, we were starting to integrate bottles in and I was like, yeah, okay, I'm about ready to get back to my medicine. So, so, you know, yeah, she transitioned over and I got to go back to it. That was my choice. But again, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, feeding the endocannabinoid system. You know, I had a very, I had a very specific, um, experience though not with breastfeeding it was actually during pregnancy where there was one time i had quit smoking and then one time at like about five months pregnant i decided i was gonna have a little bit right i wasn't feeling well i was like i'm gonna have a little bit and i did actually physically feel her slow down during that day now obviously she was okay everything was fine it's no big deal Right, but right. I did experience that, and it had a really it had a pretty profound effect on me in terms of my decision to, you know, be around her. Now, if it was a medical situation and she had uh, epilepsy or another situation where it was being of benefit to her therapeutically, I would be a hundred percent on board, like we just talked about, right? But I feel like, in absence of that, I'm very, very, very. I have a strong feeling about not putting it inside of her body when she hasn't chosen that, you know, for herself outside of medical necessity. Oh, you know? for sure. For so sure. that was really for my sure. kind of ethical or whatever standpoint <laughs> during breastfeeding. Um, but, you know, I mean, for sure. But I don't think it would actually cause and harm or may- like, I don't think it's going to kill baby brain cells or anything like that, you know? No. And um, the breast milk does have um, cannabinoids already there, occurring in right. breast milk that you transfer, you know, in those early days, for sure. So yeah, that gets their systems up and going. And I don't think, yeah, there's any need to expose other than for medical yeah. need. So then now we and there are and there are medical needs. Yeah, for sure, valid ones that should be being treated by marijuana. Uh, or by cannabis um so then now you know having a child and whether or not to smoke in front of your child keep you know or 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 otherwise and i see a lot of it's interesting i just saw a meme put out by like um one of the groups one of the mom groups uh put out a meme about not smoking in front of your children because then they'll want to they'll smoke also right And I think it's interesting because on one hand, I do believe that to some degree, like parents, uh, children emulate their parents, right? Uh, They want to be like, do like their parents do. On the other hand, I'm like, except that if you believe that it's a bad thing, then why are you doing it to yourself? 
right? So if it's something you don't want your children to do. Now, I don't want my children to do it when they're young uh, because I want them to be able to make an informed, wise choice about it, right? So to me, they should wait till 18. And that's how that conversation would go with us. Unless it's a medical situation, then we talk about something different, right? We're a whole different conversation. But to me, I'm all about the open open conversation, honesty. You know, I actually have chosen to be open about it in front of my child uh, for the most part, you know, not too much or anything. I like my private time personally too. I like grown up time. I just like my, it's kind of like same thing, smoking a cigarette, right? I'm not going to just light up a cigarette in the car with my daughter uh, ever. That would never happen. I would never pop a beer, you know what I'm saying? In the car with my daughter, it would never happen. Uh, But if it's the middle of the day, middle afternoon, we're off work, whatever, whatever, I'm going to go out on the patio and, you know, my husband might smoke a cigar and drink a beer. I might smoke a joint, you know, and she might be right there playing in the garden or in the yard or what have you. And I don't, um, you know, you're not not hiding it. Exactly. They don't notice sometimes too. I find things the more you try, the more they notice it and the more it becomes a big deal. Exactly. And it's like, wait, what do you, why do you got to leave all the time? And that was kind of the reason I, we chose that for in our life was I remember being the friend before to, to, to parents of children. It always felt kind of bad or weird that every time I would come over or we'd be around, it was like, Oh, okay. Now we got to leave the kids. You know, like, okay, now we got to leave the kids, you know, so we can go do our stuff or whatever all the time, which, you know, okay, you know, like, like I said, we want grown up time, adults want grown up time, but that's probably the parents were just like, finally, I get a little grown up time, you know, I've been with the kids all day, like, we don't need to be with the kids. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, right, I get that point of view now, I understand that point of view now, but I also just wanted to feel, you know, personally, I was like, I wanted to have balance in our life, Uh, and also really just in a very open (laughs) an open relationship. We do call it medicine here though. You know, you know, that's what we call it. It's the, it's our medicine. It's the medicine. And you know, it is what it is just like cough medicine that she gets when she has a cold and you know, the medicine that we put on her finger when she has a cut, you know, all these things are different forms of medicine. My kids now have, right, or at least Steve's kids have kids. My actual youngest, my two are are the youngest, so yeah, and they come over to grandma's house, and grandma's house is very open because you are now grandma's house. (laughs) And grandma, I mean, it's part of grandma's job. So personally, I have, um, you know, come out in stages to their parents. Some are a little more on board early on because they knew they also were open Uh to the topic trying to be very general nature about all the kids so none of them think i'm talking but you know i think i have more hang-ups about it than my kids do about their kids being exposed to the fact that grandma Uh does this so I have um I think our oldest grandkid is eighteen now, nineteen, nineteen. And you know, we've got one, you know, basically like a year old. So all through the spectrum. So basically I think personally I have less concerns about me versus being like a drinker, like a cannabis person versus someone who drinks. Like I'd feel safer leaving my kids 
at my house than I would be like at my dad's house now looking right, back at right. my dad's back when right. he drank. He didn't drink all his life, but in yeah. that era. So, but I had my own hangups about, I don't really have like very pot centric stuff around the house, but I forget, like I might have, I was like nervous because I have cannabis cookbooks, right. you know, in my bookshelf <laughs> and little things. I'm not, I do take the bong off the table. That's like my favorite thing about being an empty nest and grown up is I have a candy bowl and a bong yeah, on the table. Right. That's the, the uh, the, that's the gold star life right there. That's the, yeah, that's the dream. Yeah. Living the dream. And little bowls of pot around yeah. all pretty. But. I, you know, I have a little cabinet that I slip it in, but I did have to ask them quite a few, you know, times to even get myself a little more relaxed. Like, yeah, you don't have to pull your pot cookbooks off the bookshelf (laughs) and you don't have to deodorize the house. You could bake cookies if you wanted to try. We will eat them. (laughs) But (laughs) that's more of a bribe to get me to cook. They don't really care anymore. And even I had, you know, I have people that come over and they want somebody. It was, um, you know, our teachers are on strike hey. yes. here in Arizona. Are. Lots of kids on the streets today. To... Right. So I have, you know, I had my, someone needed to bring their child here. Uh-huh. And I had the conversation with her too. Like, so what would you need for me? You know, she's somebody that I'm very comfortable with talking about it with. You know, what do you need me to do as far as what I've got around? Right. You know, I've got a poster of pot leaves in my office. I've got a fake wrapper rhinestone pot leaf necklace on my bulletin right. board. Like, it's my joke necklace. But, and she was like, no, no, don't worry about it. You know, she she probably won't notice anything, and I'm not that worried about it. Yeah. You know, so... It's very individual. It really is because I was just thinking how like I am when it comes to other people. I'm definitely, I mean, other people coming to my my location, right? <clears throat> or my house. Right. I'm like, I will definitely put everything away and make it a quote unquote a clean event, so to speak. Cannabis free event for a certain groups. You know, if I know there's going to be a lot of people, it's just yeah. boom, cannabis free event. No problem. Put it all away. I don't have books and things too much. So, you know, it's just the stuff. But if you're a friend, if I consider you a friend or you're close in any kind of way, shape or form, then yeah, my stuff just stays out around here. Like that's just our life. Oh, yeah. Mine it stays out of child reach. Mine it too. stays in adult only areas, but it doesn't, you know, it's, if your kids are here and you have a problem with them seeing it, you might need to tell me that. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Because it, it is our, this is how this house works. You know, we're open about stuff, <laughs> And I think that's fair. You know, a home is your castle, you know, and all that. That's kind of expression of your Exactly, right? We can go to the park if you want things to all be just, you know, flowers and roses and whatever. Or no Happy stuff and no anything of mine. (laughs) Uh, No flower. Yeah, so it is. It's a very individual kind of choice. Um, But I do find a lot of personal joy in creating an open and authentic and honest 
you know, household, I feel like it's a place where we can talk about, you know, whatever is, is going on. And, and my daughter is free and welcome to express her emotions about stuff, even if her emotions are that she's, you know, angry at me for something or what have you. Right. So as far as I'm concerned, if there are side effects of it that she doesn't like, she's going to have a safe environment to say so. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I attempt for there not to be, sure. but, you know, at the same time, like, there probably will be sometimes, and that'll piss her off. I mean, so. Girl, I can safely tell you right now that smoking cannabis as the mother um, slash I was also a social worker as my girls were growing right. up. Um, save both their ass. I mean, I really feel that way. <laughs> look, look, it's a hard, let's, let's it's tough you know, to be really straight up. It's a damn hard it really job. Is. I couldn't, I couldn't go through it um, without. I mean, I think we all have um, our things, right? We all have our things. That's what I'm saying. I couldn't go with something that somehow clouded my mind. I yeah. didn't feel like, like I, I could, you know, like having a couple drinks at night. Oh. For me, I was like, oh, those little shits will try and pull something when I'm exactly. I mean, exactly. Exactly. That was my thinking. I wasn't blurry if I smoked right. a joint when I got home. I would. I had, and they knew I had a little smoking patio off my right. bedroom that I would come home. Or off some off little patio, and they knew to leave me the hell alone right. my first hour. Give you a minute. And I could change my shoes, take off loosely like my my suit and my pantyhose. I could have a cigarette, is what they thought I was doing, which I would smoke a joint. <laughs> and then I was fully ready. I the day was gone. Yeah, and you were you know present. I let my anxiety go up in my little smoke. We cooked dinner. We had a nice dinner. We watched TV together. Yeah. We have, you know, a fairly nice... Yeah, good quality time. Um, I'm not saying it was all, you know, rainbows and unicorns. But it it serves a purpose that's that's pleasant. I mean, you know, a similar purpose, you know, to this classic... The the patriarchal version of this that's okay is the the man that comes home from the hard day's work and has a glass of whiskey every night. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, the wife poured it for him. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like there's... You know, there is value in the idea of that, um, in the idea of taking a moment to like, you know, take a moment, get in a new mindset. And when I was, there wasn't the options, like maybe now if it were me and it's, you know, 10, 20 years later, it would be, you know, I'd come home, meditate and have an aqua fresco with tincture or, you know, whatever. But back then, my the only option was right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know? Well, plus, I mean, so, at this yeah, point, yeah. we just it's, I just like a joint. It's just nice. It's just a pleasant experience. Sure, but whatever, <laughs> whatever floats your boat at this point, I don't want people to think they have to be in a cloud of of smoke. That's true. That's so true. Same effect. There is literally you can so come many home, ways. Do your yoga, have a little oh, you know, gla- glass of my Durban poison tincture. Oh my goodness, girl, yep. it is a hit. I tell you what, everybody that is a patient yep. that has tried it <laughs> is like, Oh my goodness, I feel so energized and just great. I don't feel any high, I just feel really like 
pleasant and peaceful and energetic. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yeah. That's the That's one. the one. Tangerine Dream used to be like that for me. I haven't had any in a while, but yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, that tincture put a couple drops in a little flavored water and boom, done. Right. Take it to your yoga world. Yeah. Get your hour there. It can be your you know, whatever your little goddess hour sort of routine. I'm not one of the goddess mindset kind of thing, but whatever your thing is yeah. to to relax and do your self care, it's a great part of that. Helps you remember to take care of yourself, which is being present, which is back to the spirituality. It all ties. It together. all ties together. You, you know, know it, and. You know, oh. for me, I, I explained before on, on a previous episode, I've talked about a little bit my my anxiety and such, right? And as a parent, like, those kind of things definitely come into play. You know, when you've got a baby that's awake at three o'clock in the morning still and has been awake or, you know, like, I mean, there's some stress-inducing moments in parenthood, right? Like, as parents understand uh, but also just the day-to-day of like, mom, but mom, but mom, but mom. And it's like, I can feel myself sometimes like, okay, I need to breathe. So I breathe, you know, breathing helps me. Um, but also cannabis helps me. You know, I, I can, when I feel myself getting overwhelmed or, you know, like, okay, I need to be able to just calm down, get back in this moment. You know, when I say overwhelmed, it's my brain is out of control and I'm out of this moment. And that's exactly like what you were yeah. talking about. I'm, I'm thinking like, oh my goodness, I'm going crazy or what's happening. You know, I'm just all over the place outside of this moment. And um, <laughs> 10 steps ahead is 10 steps ahead is usually what anxiety is. You're, you're worrying ahead of time about everything that could possibly right. could happen. So you're going to suffer Absolutely. twice. You're going to suffer the first time. <laughs> Maybe when it happens or doesn't oh, right. happen, but you're definitely suffering. You're going to suffer the whole time, really. So, and then at some point, maybe it will or won't right. happen. And then you'll either stop suffering or you'll just keep suffering <laughs> like you always have been. No, you'll think of a new, you, you'll think yeah, of a yeah. new reason to suffer. I usually find people with that mindset. If once one thing is resolved, it's yeah. some, you know, it's, it's always something. Your mind right. will conjure conjure For something sure. else to to be so it just has concerned. allowed me to really and that's yeah to really be present in my parenting as a parent right so if i'm getting frustrated with the whiny da 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 i can take the moment i can get present I can, you know, think about it for a second. Okay, what is it that's happening here? What, a, you know, what the, did I not present? What the she mom, doesn't you know? know. She and does. I can run through it all in my head much more calmly, clearly. I can, and then I can, you know, execute it on it with just with ease. And I'm like, uh, you know, so if it needs, means I need to just give her a hug right now, even though what I really want to do is tell her to shut the hell up and do what I said. <laughs> it's way easier yeah. to just be like, okay. <sighs> all right give her the hug now let's talk about it figure it out you know so i don't know i do think of myself as a pretty awesome parent and i do think that cannabis helps me do so i mean i'm not saying i wouldn't be without uh but but no, i am no. with but you but might I certainly be, am with you might I can be say on that. a sedative <laughs> you might you might be on a sedative i'm pro- i would or, probably need to be you know, or i would be probably pretty high strung or I would find ways to check out most likely, which has been, you know, the example I've seen more, you know, is like, Oh, just read books and just ignore yeah. 
everything or, you know, I, and I like reading books. Books is good. They have a place. They're in my self-care routine, but they, you know, they can be an escape. They can be used as yeah, an escape yeah. mechanism, just as like anything else can be. <laughs> right. For sure. For sure. So yeah. And, and it's, you know, everything in everything. moderation, as they say, right. as well, again, we're all usually always talking about cannabis. What we're talking about it is not as a, an escape or, or an trying to just be just, out there and just, oh, I just want to get high. I'm just trying to get so high, no, high as possible. In. No. You're trying to check in. Yeah. You're not trying to check out. You're trying Absolutely. to check in. It's your moment to check in and, and touch For sure. And, and also, a lot of people might not know that I also have, besides being a social worker, I my first daughter had a fairly significant disability at birth. Right. Um, that went undiagnosed for her first two years. And then at two, she was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. And all that goes on with um, that journey of finding the diagnosis and raising a child with a disability and learning how to let them fall. Right. Which was oh, the hardest man. thing I had to learn as a child. But but so, you know, I had a, a couple of different experiences. My second daughter was born three years later and did not show any expression, although the disorder, the, the dystrophy is definitely genetic. Our second child did not end up showing any signs of muscular dystrophy. She could very well be a carrier still, but so I had two very different, parenting experiences yeah. yeah and then the dynamic of one child getting a lot of attention for her disability right. and i'm talking like people well she was I'm the poster child TV right the poster child nat the national poster right. child so like jerry lewis attention just Charo have she literally was the national poster child of it <laughs> the most attention right. probably any yeah. child could get i feel right and then she has a little sister who's, you know, like, hey, hello. We tried to make sure she's included, but there's no way to balance no. that entirely no equally. So I have a totally different outlook on parenting than maybe, the, you know, other for moms sure. with, with what they've gone through. But for me, um, I think it's always kept me, like, I always bring up hope. I think that's always been the big thing for me with cannabis is I think it's kept me from ever having um, too much time in, you know, like, pity party mode. I think it's really all, I, I'm not that kind of gal in general, right. but I've had plenty of opportunities to do so, and I just feel like it kind of, it always keeps me thinking, like, oh, you know what? There, at least there's this like with my disorder I always joke you know uh, at least I'm forbidden to eat kale <laughs> right you know at this, least this I can't like eat kale I am absolutely forbidden also to have Brussels sprouts uh, although I so, like kale and Brussels that. sprouts so all right you know there's more yeah food I That's really only like them with lots of butter and garlic. So they're really just carriers of butter and garlic. You could use bread for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I yeah. Do. It's I much do. tastier. <laughs> so I, I think my point with my little stories, though, more is that, 
you know, you have your experience with your daughter. I actually had two different experiences with my daughters and then three totally different experiences with my three stepdaughters that we sort of all grew up together with. And then a totally other experience with my two grown children who are quite honestly not real far off from my age. And then their spouses and then grandchildren. These are every single relationship is going to be a different dynamic and you need to approach yes, it as right. such and and don't spring it on people yeah and, you know give people an opportunity remember that everybody have... is not the same uh as you might be about it <laughs> you'll be surprised you might the guy you think is going to be the biggest jerk may embrace it immediately and shock you the person you think that was going to be the most open-minded might suddenly say, you know, you're not allowed to have unsupervised. For sure. They just might stop coming around or or what have you. I mean, that definitely has happened in my life. So don't force people. My, my advice would be don't force people into a corner. Don't back them into a situation where they don't have an opportunity to take the concepts home with them and think them through, Um, give them time, give them some, you know, places where they could look more into it before you spring the whole shitload on them at once. You yeah, know, and maybe also I hate hate it when people don't shoot. Yeah, and don't hold it don't against go, them. Fuck you, I smoke. Yeah. yeah, fuck you, I smoke. Right. Don't don't do that. Don't don't. However, do they that. feel about it is That's okay. Something. Also, I found. I mean, I don't find that it's okay for them to shame me or how ha- uh, you know or otherwise uh, disrespect me for my choices. But it's but okay yeah. for them to respect feel how they feel about it. You know, however that might be. Exactly. Yeah. And give them time yeah. to be. And, and as I always say over and over and over till I think I've tried myself crazy. Be a good example of a cannabis user, a responsible cannabis right. user so that they have nothing that they can complain right. about. Right. You know, don't give, don't say, oh, well, you know, I was late or, I, or don't, don't even be right. late. Don't be late. Be on time. Late. Just be on time. to do with cannabis. Yeah. Be on time. Be responsible. Do shit. Don't blame pop for it. Yeah, be a good parent. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're talking about parenting right now. So, like, let's get real. Do people sit around and smoke weed instead of interacting with their kids? Probably sometimes, right? Don't do that. (laughs) Right? Like, uh, be a great parent, you know? Uh, but I would say that about all other things. You know, don't also do that. Don't, Don't ignore your kids and do any of the other things that you could use to avoid your time uh, that you should spend with them and yeah. also balance that with time for yourself as as well. There's no need to feel like every second needs to be for them. You know, you are also a important right. human being and deserve, you know, what you need as well. No, no shame in, in and... there should be no shame in that, you know? Yep. I think so. I think so. I think so call us, write us, email us, check us out, potofwellness.com. If you don't call, don't call us, um, just don't email us. Don't call just me. Email us. <laughs> um, you know, you can uh, yeah, drop us a voicemail. They can call us on the podcast uh, platform. I think they can call in with questions. Oh, I believe there's a, a way for them leave to message. do so. Yeah. Leave a voicemail message in there. Um, and we might even have some guest calls uh, that way at some point, but either way, oh yeah, yeah, you are a parent and you have any you know additional more in depth questions that reflect your personal situation. Feel free to drop them to us, and we'll 
you know, tear them apart, break them down, give you a bunch of different perspectives and angles to look at it from, give you the facts that we know, give you uh, whatever credible resources we can, uh, what have you, whatnot. Uh, but generally speaking, you know, it's your decision. You don't go do something and then blame us and say we told you to. We're not having that shit. Yeah, we didn't tell you. We didn't this, tell is you shit. We didn't this is a disclaimer. This is a disclaimer. We didn't say nothing like that. <laughs> no, we didn't tell you shit. That's our new, our new disclaimer. Exactly. I didn't tell you shit. I just told you what I, I did. I did. That's all I said. That's all I said. Uh, I want. <laughs> What's our topic next week? I was thinking, I actually was thinking of, oh, so last night I was unable to attend the viewing party in my living room for one person. (laughs) Uh, Sanjay Gupta did his, (laughs) Sanjay Gupta did We Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's done Um, a very compelling series of uh, documentaries, if that would be And his most recent one was out. Ah. So I'd like to try to find it. I can't guarantee. So let's do a backup. But I, I should be able to obtain a. Was a it via like it, CNN? Either. Do you know or Netflix or do you have yeah. any other? Yeah. Was on CNN. Okay. So if you have like CNN on demand, which is where I think I will be able to watch it, they'll will probably be replaying oh, it as sure. well this week. Some late hour. So we four we can I watch that and talk it. about that next week. See what we think. Any idea what he's kind of delving into in this one? Yes, he is talking about it being the answer to the opioid crisis. And one of the previews I saw, he has requested um, Jeff Sessions. It's because it's scheduled as no medical benefit. He would like to have it actually become, I believe he said, unscheduled and legalized nationally to address the um, opioid epidemic. I'd also like to talk about, that was the other part of that, as our backup, yeah. as including with. For sure. Um, there is a push to make this a uh, 2018 ballot uh, amplifier. Like people are talking about, hey, legalization might be the thing that'll get more people to go out and uh-huh. vote. Um, but then the flip side of that is, ooh, well, maybe the Republicans could do something so we take the wind out of that, like nationally legalize it so the Democrats can't use it in the 2018 uh-huh. election. So maybe that'd be something that'd be interesting to talk about. Well, Matt, that sounds, maybe we need to call in an expert or something. I might have to do some Googling, well, you, you know, know. You know me, I don't, I don't know all the political side of it all yet. But just it's the cannabis right. side. Just look at cannabis as a as a national topic. I'm just saying it might bring it into the forefront. For sure. It'll be interesting, it especially be interesting. because you know how they like to do this. They like to preemptively strike with a law that favors them in some kind of pocketbook type of way. Exactly. It's interesting to watch the chess moves play. Uh-huh. I can be the expert because I've been watching. How long do you think we got there. before we get the federal so, legalization for real? Oh, it depends. You know, I don't know if they're playing how they're playing this. It's just really interesting. Um, let's talk more about it after I see what Sunday's up to. He's usually got the most up to date. Um, 
legislative. I'm putting in a bid for it will be legal federally before 2024. For sure. For sure. 2018. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I'm, so it's like I'm, six years I'm from now. 2020. 2020. That's only two mind. years. You see, mm-hmm. ooh, girl, yeah. Fingers crossed. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Already over half the state. Yeah. So it's like a downhill slide now, gonna, right? It's not going to be good law. It's that, that, that might take another 10 years. But. Well, I love that we're going to talk about this yeah. next week. So really, we're talking about the opioid crisis, but not just the opioid crisis, because, you know, what they used to call that is the crack epidemic. Uh, it wasn't a crisis, though, because it was killing black and brown people. Yeah, and I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about the opioid right, crisis. Exactly. I want to talk about the CNN show, see what he's got, and then talk about it. As far as legislation and well, what uh, I was just gonna say, election also is that it is something that the people that we talk to are thinking about because a lot of them are managing pain conditions, and they're not necessarily people who are addicted to opioids. A lot of them are people who are managing pain because yeah. they're afraid of becoming right. addicted to opioids. You know what I'm saying? And so they're like living yeah. with all this pain yeah. all the time, like literally debilitating pain. Because they're so afraid of becoming addicted to opioids, you know? I hate that. It makes yeah. me so sad when I see that. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> you could be feeling so much better. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be fun. We'll watch the show this week and see what we have to say about it next week. Should be good. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me, I took a wrong Was that in Dutchie still or did, uh, you go, uh, did you finish that? I relit the last little half, and that last puff I didn't inhale smoothly. But that was on me. It was not the Dutch's Oops. fault. Oopsie. I did a little up the nose smoke. Uh, yeah. But on that note, that's probably right. that probably means <laughs> the Dutch Dutchy is done. is done. All right. Well, we are going to call it quits. We have um, we. We'll see you guys next week, really. Yeah. yeah. Talk to y'all next right. week. Talk, talk politics. Yay. Bye. <laughs> Join us every Thursday as we break down what's happening now and how you can infuse cannabis into your life, too. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, share with your friends, and get our free tincture making course at potofwellness.com.